guys, welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Mindset Podcast, where we believe that in order to grow a successful business, you need just two things, the right marketing strategies and the right mindset. I am your host, Maria Benz, and I am the founder of MBM Agency, a digital marketing company who helps service-based businesses grow their revenue using online strategies. And I am here to share with you all of my tips and pointers every single week when it comes to digital marketing and business growth. Today's episode is sponsored by our premium Wix templates. If you're totally stumped on how to build your own website, but can't afford to hire a designer, that does not mean that you should skip out on the important things in the process like professional design, sales formula copywriting, and search engine optimization. Our premium Wix website templates are created with marketing and sales in mind. And the best part is that you can have a professional looking and functional website in just under 24 hours. Our website templates are completely stress-free. They're easy to use, so that means no Photoshop or coding required. They are designed to convert based on our signature homepage formula, and they are ready to launch as soon as you are done designing. So if you wanna check this out, get it at mbmagency.com forward slash shop, and use the discount code mindset to get 30% off. So today I have Emily Sikorsi and Justin Foster. They are the founders of the intrinsic brand practice Root and River. Working with heart-based leaders, they believe that all great brands are spiritual experiences. Emily and Justin are on a mission to inspire all leaders to go inward and reframe and redefine the role of the brands and their impact on the world. Justin and Emily bring a compelling blend of leadership doctrine, spiritual intelligence, and practical marketing advice intended to inspire and inform in new but timeless ways. Whether in coaching, writing, or presenting, they provoke with passion, art, and practical ideas that leave the audience or reader saying, I've never thought of that before. So welcome to the show, Emily and Justin. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Thanks for having us, Maria. Thank you, Maria. So I love how in the beginning of your book and in the introduction, you talk about starting a non-agency. And I thought this was such an interesting concept. And I love, I love this idea. And I feel like a lot of newer business owners, I feel like are trying to take this approach. So could you share that story with my audience? What is a non-agency? How does that look like in business? Absolutely. Yeah, our intention early on was to actually was to work together and to create things together because we had this instant, this instant chemistry as far as our ideas and our energy and our passion for uh, being authentic and genuine and also getting to a deep rooted emotional truth. Uh, for ourselves and for our clients, mm-hmm. uh, for the people we were working with. And so that was really the spark. It wasn't like, let's build a business. It was like, let's create stuff. Mm. And we really have, we have that immediate spark and we really wanted to stay true to that in the way that we grew our Root and River, our company. Um, and we 
we both believe in defiance, <laughs> just to put it out there. It's one of our core beliefs as, as a company, but individually as well. So we just don't do anything the way everyone else does. And we also, so that's sort of a, a belief conviction, but we also wanted to not be beholden to old business models. Mm-hmm. And Justin has run a couple of agencies, started a couple of agencies and run them. I had worked in them and we both felt that that model was flawed and in some ways, which all models are. Um, and it just didn't feel like a fit for what we wanted to do. We really wanted to focus in on this spiritual and practical intersection mm-hmm. that is usually manifested in the primary language of the brand and being strategic and being artful and how that is created. Um, most agencies typically will do a bit of that language strategy work, but it's on the way to selling tactics. We really never wanted our business to take that trajectory. We wanted to stay de- devoted, dedicated to this special magical place and really pour all of our, our energy into that. So it was very intentional from the beginning to, uh, nothing wrong with agencies, but we wanted to be an unagency with, with that in mind. I like that. So how would you explain, how do you work with your clientele being a non-agency? I'm just, I'm curious to see the differences. Well, if you imagine a line on one line, on one side of the line is strategy on the other side of the line is tactics. Mm -hmm. Everything we do is on the strategy side. And we would say that brand strategy has got a a few key components. Um, There's the stuff that happens below the surface. That's mission, beliefs, uh, standards. It's the stuff that you don't necessarily see in the marketplace, but it it is the root of the fruit of the brand. So we really hone in on that. And then as, the, as it starts to come out into the world, we then focus on language and messaging. Mm-hmm. And then we think, we, 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 we believe strongly in the idea of category design. If you can't be number one or number two in a category, create a new one. Mm. Category is taking that language and giving it additional framing so that the audience can respond to it. A couple other things, Maria, that are in that work that we do is around identifying your ideal audience we uh, reject and confront the term target audience because mm-hmm. nobody wants to be a target. Um, and then within your ideal audience, speaking to their unspoken need, what do their souls want? Not what does their mind want? It's easy to market to people's surface needs. Usually that's, what, that's why fear works. Mm-hmm. Um, we are asking and working with leaders of brands that have a higher level of emotional intelligence that want to be more humanistic in the way that they communicate and work with their, um, their clients. And then finally, it's about like, like M said, it's the practical side of it. It's the, um, the, the way, the plan, what are we going to do and having some structure or a map. And there's a lot of little details and stuff we could get into there, but there's, once you know who you are and what to say and who you're saying it to, and you have a plan, then we have a unique model that I'll, that I'll stop talking, Emily, if you want to explain the studio partner model. Sure. So when it comes to execution, we love to partner our clients with a group of very special individuals that we call our studio partners. Mm-hmm. We really see them as partners and they provide their specialty. So just like our specialty is in the strategy and uncovering their specialty, maybe in visual design brand, like the visual logo, mm-hmm. maybe in digital 
um, digital ads, maybe in um, social media management. And so we've, we've vetted this group of special people who we love to introduce our clients to, who understand the way that we've worked, who we have worked with, and they've done work for us over the past five years. Um, and we never take a kickback or commission off those introductions. It's just if it's meant for those people mm -hmm. to work together, they will. And we just take a lot of great uh, pleasure and pride in helping them grow their businesses. I love that. It's always important to find people like that. I know in my, our business, we primarily focus on just web design and search engine optimization. Um, and we just, just focus on that, become specialists, but we do have people that we partner with and those relationships are so, so important because then you can do your job and execute it perfectly. They can execute their job to their expertise. And I feel like the client overall is just so happy. Yeah. Um, we, we challenge Maria, the idea that a one-stop shop is even actually viable. Um, because of, you know, it's the old adage when everything is a, all you have is a hammer, everything's a nail. Mm -hmm. And I know this coming from owning agencies or co-owning agencies back, you know, 10 years ago that you, you cannot help but have tactical bias around the things that you were paying for inside of your organization. So if you got a bunch of dev people or a bunch of designers or a bunch of SEO experts and you're in an all-in-one agency, you're going to, you're going to have a bias towards giving them work. In our view of brand, the way we do it, we, we say we're coaches, but we're really it, it, relationally, we're almost like a CMO more than mm, anything. Like, mm -hmm. The CMO wouldn't take a kickback. They get fired for that. Um, the CMO wouldn't try to drive up the cost of execution. Their job is to you know maximize the value. So because Emily and I come out of corporate marketing, um, both of us come out of a corporate marketing background and both of us have been in, worked in agencies, we have this this the strong um, inclination or conviction to, to be a peer level partner with our clients. I love that. And I'm sure your clients appreciate that as well. <laughs> um, so I love one of the core mantras of your brand that you mentioned in your book and it's mentioned in your bio as well. But one thing this really, really stood out to me, but you guys talk about creating a great brand is a spiritual experience. And I love that. Like when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense because you can connect with people on so many different aspects. And to me that, that shows that like if someone connects with a brand, they remember them, they're memorable. They walk away from whatever they interacted with or saw thinking of that brand. So I wanted to dig in a little bit deeper of that, if you guys can explain. And then also how can an online entrepreneur kind of create this sort of experience for their audience? Definitely. We came to that belief together. Again, it was something that we really wanted to dig into the soil of soul of Root and River and um, determine for, for us what our root belief is. And it's something we now help our clients uncover for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but we've always had this, Maria, we've always had this very intentional um, drive for integrity. So that means that basically the type of branding, intrinsic branding that we practice, uh, we teach, we also practice ourselves. So that root belief is not a tag tagline or a slogan. It's really, like you said, a mantra. It is our truth. Mm -hmm. And it is the way that we talk about our brand. When somebody asks me what I do, I say, well, I believe all great brands are spiritual experiences. And here's how it's manifested in Root River. And we teach our clients to, to 
practice that sort of language and those words of mouth, which mm-hmm. are always the most effective way of branding is word of mouth. But how often do we really pause and get super clear on what we mean? Yeah. So that's a little bit of thinking behind that as a statement. But I mean, the deeper truth is that we, we think that as human beings, we're separated into these little buckets, the personal me, the work me, the creative me, whatever. Not true. We're all present as spirits and spirited uh, beings Mm -hmm. in all aspects. And so when we encounter something that we're passionate about or we make it real in the world through a business, our spirit is very involved in that. And what we're giving away to people is a sense, is a piece of that spiritual truth. And it's not religious. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's about the energy and the verve that we mm-hmm. bring to the things that matter most to us. And we just, it's, it's all going on, but it's usually going on underneath us without being articulated. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. that we do is to help articulate those, those drivers. Mm-hmm. And so it's present. And we, we also define belief as, or brand. I'm sorry. We define brand as how other people experience what you believe. Mm-hmm. And so these two ideas sort of go hand in hand to help our clients um, think differently first about the brand, mm-hmm. not a logo. It's not your design. It's not your, your online sales page. It's about the beliefs that you're trying to convey that you believe in to that person and to give them an, an experience that is reflective of that and connected because that's the way that they will connect to you. Nobody's got to buy anything from you. Mm -hmm. Even if you have the best online store and the user experience is amazing. If they don't know who you are and what you believe from a neurological level. Now, this is apart from spirituality, physically in the science from a neurological level, people buy based on emotion Mm -hmm. and, and love and trust essentially. Yeah. So by putting out there your spirit and your beliefs, that is what creates that connection. And that's what will engage them in experience where they may end up buying or they may end up recommending you to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, Maria, that online businesses, um, the, the, the business model will have its own tactical differences. Like a, an online business needs you very mm-hmm. much so related to especially user interface of the website. Um, you know, the user experience of the website and then certainly SEO, digital, probably digital advertising, some of that stuff. But the principles of branding that we teach are, they apply to any type of business model um, and of any size. So from solo to, you know, a global company. And there's a couple of, I guess you could say almost like rules. And one is, um, is make the world react to you. Mm. Um, One of the things that drives a brand to be reactive is insecurity about who they are. If you know who you are and you believe in what you're doing, say it. So like Dollar Shave Club is a a good example of just being who they are. They're not Mm -hmm. pretending to be Gillette. Um, A second one is, um, is don't, don't treat humans as abstracts. Um, And you could even put it into, it's the Emily and Justin marketing golden rule. Do not market unto others the way you would not want to be marketed unto. I love that. And, and then the third one is, um, is just be consistent with what you're doing. If you're going to produce content, be consistent with it. If you're going to start a podcast, be consistent with it, whatever 
whatever you're going to do, be mm-hmm. consistent. Don't be dogmatic about it and say, well, th- you know, this isn't working, but I'm going to keep doing it. But m- a lot of times when marketing doesn't work, especially for online businesses, it's because it's so it's either squishy message meets ugly website. And then there's inconsistency on how it's being executed. And if you get those three right, it's kind of like a, a three piece band. That's really good that mm-hmm. people will show up and then we'll buy your music. That's yeah. it, it's the, it's the physics of the art of being an entrepreneur. I think I love how you mentioned consistency. It's been a common thread recently in recent interviews that I've been doing. And I've mentioned this before in my podcast, but consistency seems like such simple advice. Yeah, it is probably one of the most important things that will help you grow your brand. So I love that you mentioned that. And then kind of going, going into a little bit more of the spiritual experience as you're talking, I'm like thinking to myself, who do I follow? Like online entrepreneurs, other brands, who do I follow that I feel like I go to because of the experience they provide? And like the first thing that comes to mind is something like Starbucks or Target, right? Those are like one of the bigger brands that people know about, but it's like, yes, are they probably a little bit more pricier than some things? Yes. But people, I feel like the people who love Target or love Starbucks, they go there for the experience because it makes them feel a certain way. Because if you're like a coffee person, is their coffee the best? Maybe, maybe not. But people, when you go there, you feel a certain way that people really, really enjoy. And then there's certain entrepreneurs that I follow online that I'm like thinking, even how they show up on their Instagram stories, they make you like feel a certain way, right? Is that kind of, um, when you're talking about spiritual experience, is that one of the key factors that would you say is important, the, the feeling? Absolutely. Absolutely. And a good, a good um, way to come at this for your audience, Maria, is that if your brand doesn't evoke a feeling in you... Mm-hmm. It will never evoke a feeling in your audience. Yeah. So the point of doing this deep work to determine these beliefs and what your root belief is, is it, it taps into your feeling center, your emotion center, which is also connected to your energy source. And it feels so important. Like when you read our intro, I was like, yes, like you feel it I guess this is us you know like after all this time we've been at this five years five six years and I'm still like yes let's do this so if your brand doesn't feel like that it's okay but that's where you want to go because you want to inspire that um, in your audience so when they enter your virtual store you want to have that and it it, let me just be blunt with your audience like there is no quick fix. This is thoughtful, intentional work that builds over time. Mm-hmm. We often say, you know, marketing is not rocket science. It's clarity of message delivered consistently over time. I love that. And I would say maybe emotional message because it, it has to be evocative. Mm-hmm. If you are not evoking emotion, then you're really not, you're, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to be successful over the long term. Um, so it's, it's really important to get very clear on the emotions that you want to evoke and how you might do that. And the beautiful thing about this way of thinking about brand, what we call intrinsic branding, Maria, is that um, it's kind of like, I'll use another music metaphor. It's like being really good at, at giving, doing an acoustic show. Like if you can be good in front of 10 people and they pay attention to you and they're not on their phones and they're, they're feeling the music, then you can do it in front of 10 million people 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the difference between 10 people and 10 million people or 10,000 people isn't talent. The difference is uh, the talent has to be there. The difference is on, um, on the structure that you have that's the, that is the discipline that comes after you know who you are, what your sound is, what you're trying to communicate. Um, the second point I want to make there is that we are tapping into one of the most, un- like it is the un- one of the unifying principles of being a human being, which is we all love a story. Mm-hmm. And when you get your message right and you, have, you know who you are, you get your message right, you have these key, co- and you know who your audience is, you have the key components of the Joseph Campbell's hero's journey model. They're right there. Um, and if you, if you position them properly and you refine them and you get them, um, get them uh, you know, singing properly, when they plug into some sort of amplification, like an SEO strategy, mm-hmm. um, the amplification just helps that beautiful music reach more people. That makes sense. Do you find when you start working with leaders of businesses and when you're trying to connect their route to their brand message, like I could see a lot of people get emotional. Do you ever, you know, kind of defining themselves? Like, does that happen? (laughs) Yes. Yes. All the time. Usually uh, our root sessions are, they're deep dives. So people get tearful um, they get angry when they're sort of talking about what injustices they're fighting in the world. Um, we had a client once after we found her root belief, uncovered it. She jumped up and ran around the room shouting with joy. Oh, that's um, awesome. So emotions are, are unleashed and yeah. they're always there, but we don't spend a lot of time, particularly as entrepreneurs, hustling, right? We don't spend a lot of time making some space for those thoughts and feelings to, to rise up. And to give ourselves permission mm-hmm. to connect what we're doing in business to our souls and to make that connection. It's already there. It already exists, but it's uh, it feels risky. I think it feels scary for a lot of people. I know it's felt scary for me. Um, and we just, we, we just hold space for that to, to be un- uncovered and for it all to be okay. It's all welcome. I love it. Um, for, so if, if someone is kind of sitting, listening to this and they're like, I really want to discover like my true beliefs, like maybe they haven't thought about that. Do you have any advice or any tips for them to like, what, what questions should they ask themselves? What should they do to kind of get that process started? Yeah. Um, this is, uh, something very near and dear to us. You know, our, our mission is to inspire leaders or really all humans to go inward. Um, our model of coaching is Socratic. We're not prescriptive. We don't give advice. We're guides, mm, um, okay. counselors, and we're, you know we're a lot of some, some have referred to us as brand therapists, which is a, I you know, see a that. Nice, <laughs> a nice, uh, uh, nice thing to be nice metaphor there. Um, but um, before you, we would say before you maybe dig into your beliefs, something that might be a little more um, that kind of gives you an early win of of con- contemplative thinking is what your mission is. Um, and our definition of mission is what am I here to do that only I can do? Mm. And that only I can do doesn't mean other people don't have a similar mission. It just means that your experiences, your natural gifts and your skills were put together for a reason. Why? And what we would say too, especially when we're talking to younger entrepreneurs is uh, nobody really cares about your business model. Your business model will take care of itself. The business will take care of yourself. If you know what your personal mission is, you will always have a starting point to go be an entrepreneur. Um, and so that would be, 
that'd be one thing. And one of my favorite mission prompts um, that we give to people is if you, um, if you had a hundred million dollars to solve a problem and go towards solving a problem in the world, what would you tackle? Um, that's a, a common starting point in, um, in understanding that, that your mission is your brand. When, mm -hmm. you, when you see well, like what Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates are doing with trying to find a, a COVID uh, uh, um, a vaccine, mm -hmm. that's the brand that he's always had of manifesting um, in just a different format than it did when it was clean water or something else. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I feel like so many people when, I, I feel like the entrepreneurs that I've met in my kind of journey, I feel like everyone starts with wanting to make a difference in the world. Like they have the service to want to make a difference in the world. And then I think with the daily hustle, with the daily grind, it's so easy to kind of forget that, to go to your core beliefs. And I feel like the people that work with you and if the people listening to this, if they're able to kind of work on this and do this and get to their core mission, what do they believe? And if they just, I don't know, paste it up on their wall, like it's such a good, I think just something to have in your head to keep inspiring you, to keep you moving. And then I think that will translate in like on Instagram stories, what you post on your Facebook or what podcast episodes you do. I feel like that just will help people kind of direction them. So I love, I love that question because in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense to just immediately have your true direction and true purpose. Um, so I love that. Um, but something else that I wanted to ask you, so I know you guys talk about this is marketing before to marketing now is changing so much, right? So for going into kind of 2020 and kind of, you know, in the next few years, how do you see branding changing in this new world of marketing? Yes. So we've, we've seen this change coming for a while. We thought it was going to be a little bit further down the road, just maybe a few years, but <laughs> with the pandemic, it is here. And we are really calling this era, this era of humanistic marketing. Um, so the old world was much more around fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and the manipulation of emotions, the construction of these manufactured realities, uh, really around image and perception and manipulating people to purchase. And this new era is around the experience. It's around being thoughtful and intentional, and it's about presenting what is, mm -hmm. not what you wish you were or the way that you hope people saw you. And it's also about entering the world of the human of your audience and trying to understand it and serve it. And that is what people are listening for right now. Mm -hmm. It will be more and more attuned to in the future. It's, it's almost a very similar trajectory to AI. So as good as AI, I mean, as good as like voice commands, they're not great today. They're going to just, they're improving so much. In two years, we will have everything um, delivered to us immediately. Yeah. And, um, so it's very much, marketing is going to take that very similar trajectory starting now. Um, the days of gaslighting, the days of trying to convince people it's over. Your audience doesn't need convincing. They just need to know that you are there. They're the ones looking for you. Mm -hmm. You're not, you really, I, I would challenge your audience to think differently about their audience. You don't have to convince anyone. You're not for everybody. 
know who you are and what you're about and send that signal into the world so the people who are looking for you can find you and you can meet them in a very human centric way at this moment of, of need and serve in that space. Mm -hmm. We would say too that um, what's ended is this old doctrine of marketing that I think produces a lot of insecurity and unease with especially small entrepreneurs. And that's this, that old marketing is I have to be something I'm not to sell stuff to people that don't need what I'm selling them. Mm -hmm. You think about how twisted that is. That's what propaganda is. Um, and that's, we're, 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 we're talking about some, like, I mean, I, I use the word evil, like the manipulation of people and it starts with like, I'm going to pretend I'm something because I feel like I have to. And part of the, you, you had asked earlier about what people feel in a root session, if there's emotion, we, we want all entrepreneurs to feel this way, which is to feel free to be who they are. You don't have to apologize. You don't have to be perfect. Perfection is the enemy of a great brand um, it, because it's pretense and nature kills pretense as we're learning, you know, all these things mm -hmm. we thought were, 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 stable or real turned out not to be. And so it's a liberation of honest, um, heart-driven people. And the gap between humanistic marketers, and we'll just say it, inhumane marketers, is going to be off, is going to be based basically between love and fear. If you love yourself, you love your people, you love your team, you love your employees, customers, whatever, you'll be fine. You just need to love. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you fear, if you fear going out of business, if you fear giving people control, if you fear your own dark side, I mean, we're getting into, you know, deep union psychotherapy here, but fear, if fear is your motivator, your marketing tactics, that will be immediately obvious to anyone that's got even a small level of elevated consciousness. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. They can tell mm -hmm. people, people now have extra sensitive BS detectors. Yeah. And I, and when you, as you're talking, I'm kind of thinking like so many entrepreneurs, I think right now struggle with like the imposter syndrome, because just like you said, they think they have to be someone else or someone more experienced, like say if they're new or better than someone. And I love how you're saying, just be authentic, be you, because at the end of the day, you're going to find people who are going to want you to work with you because of your story. And I'm, I'm like, I just keep thinking back on people who I follow as you guys are talking about. And I'm like seeing like, you know, I may, may have not noticed this before, but as I'm talking to you, I'm like, yes, the people that I'm seeing or following or who I look up to, they do tell their stories of maybe when they failed and how they survived. Right. And then kind of, and I'm like, okay, I'm like really inspired by that. So I love how you mentioned that. And I, I'm excited to see this new world of people being more authentic and being real, because I think it's going to inspire so many people to be themselves and be confident and be in that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, we, I would say if you don't want to feel imposter syndrome, don't be an imposter. Right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> like you, that's why we refer to branding as a practice. It's like, if it's, it's like yoga or meditation or a martial art or cooking mm -hmm. any mm -hmm. kind of art form. It's, it's iterative and it's full of failure. It's full of flaws because it's human. That's what makes it beautiful. Um, and if you are, if, if there's a sense of sort of like uh, confident humility, which is, I know who I am, I'm, I'm going to make mistakes. I can say 
firsthand imposter syndrome, which I dealt with for many years, just goes away and never comes back. I think it's also, you know, you have to, um, you said something there, Maria, about, you know, there's this equation with, oh, if I do this thing, I'm going to be perceived as, oh, I think I'm better than others. And there's this deep programming. I think it comes out of the industrial age, just like fit in. It comes out of a lot of our schooling. It's like, don't outshine. Mm -hmm. Depending on your family situation, that could be a message that was reinforced. And I think branding is ultimately an act of courage and you have to give yourself permission to be wonderful you and to accept, step into that, accept that you are special, accept that you have a unique perspective. Does that make you better than anybody else? No, it just makes you different and that deserves its own little place. One of my favorite um, quotes is from Lynn Swift and she said, what we appreciate appreciates. Mm -hmm. So not appreciating yourself, you're not going to be able to grow uh, if you're not doing all of those things. So that's a, another antidote to imposter syndrome. I love it. Do you find when you're working with your clients on kind of getting really deep in this branding session that you work a lot on like mindset? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. So. yeah. Mindset. Um, it's, I would, I would compare it to like almost like um, an orange and mm -hmm. there's a rind and the rind is sort of how they have tried to show up in the world with their brand, whether that be their personal brand or their business. And what we're trying to do is trying to peel that rind back to show them who they really are. Um, which is why we say, especially entrepreneurs and small business owners, this applies to corporate leaders too, but especially small business owners and entrepreneurs, there's three things you got to keep in equal stead. You, you got to keep your, your business, certainly like the operational side and the business side of it, your brand and you mm -hmm. self-care, self-care is a brand strategy. And so um, what, what's a bit jarring for um, people that are new to us is the level of contemplativeness that we uh, um, almost assign to you. It's like mm -hmm. to ask yourself questions and to prompt to dig in and get messy with these things. And um, we have a, a a course. It's a it's two two modules, five uh, five uh, pieces in each of them, that really is um, designed to allow you to do this in kind of a safe place of just your own, you know, in in your own living room if you want, or at your own computer. It's really vulnerable when we do it live. Um, like when we do it in a root session, that's why there's mm -hmm. so much emotion because we're cracking open and getting into who they truly are. And for some people, they've never realized, and I think this is why there's such a relief, like a release of energy. They've never realized that it's who they are is just absolutely okay. You don't need to be different. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. Imagine if 10% of the population felt more comfortable with who they really are. I know it's, it's like, it's, I'm, I'm trying to search for the word, but it's definitely like such a, like a feeling of relief. Like I know I went through this whole mindset journey and my podcast is called the marketing mindset because I believe that in order to have a successful business, like one, you need a good marketing plan, but then two mindset is huge. And it's interesting talking to entrepreneurs. I feel like as people kind of go in and into this journey a little bit more, I think we all probably kind of get our on our own mindset journeys. Um, but one question I kind of had for you, for you guys is what's kind of a common mindset belief that you find with, um, your clients who are entrepreneurs and how do you help them overcome it or how do they overcome it? 
I think we've been talking a little bit about one of the more common ones. It's this, it's this gap between like, can I really be me? Mm-hmm. And I really, if this is, it's, it's, it's healing that separation of like, oh, but that's like what I believe personally. And that doesn't really, like a lot of times, Maria, they'll come into our sessions and they'll say, well, is this on my personal beliefs or is this my brand? Belief? Oh. Like, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. So you see in that comment that, that they've sort of sequestered their soulful self away. Mm-hmm. And so they do, we all as human beings, we have these separations. And so that's probably the most common us saying all the same it's okay and um let's explore what it is together let's figure it out um i I would say that's probably the most common yeah another one another mindset it goes to the name of your podcast is their marketing mindset and it's primarily around that there's a silver bullet there's just some sort of alchemy if i could just get the right like marketing mixture then it's going to the floodgates will open, especially if it's an online business. And we just say that's not true. Yeah. Um, all marketing works if you've got a great message and it's well executed. All of it works. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. All of it will, f- some level of it will fail if you don't have those two things. And so what we are really shifting, especially our clients that are small business owners, away from a uh, eat what you kill, hunter gatherer mindset to more of an agrarian mindset, which is, you have to move from survival to nurturing. Um, mm. This is, this is, uh, this is why not always, but we see that in our work that um, in our, in the world of branding, um, intrinsic branding is um, much more adapted to by women entrepreneurs than men. Men tend to have a fixed linear mindset of hunt, eat, you know, hunt, kill, eat. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. There's a time and place for that in business development sometimes, but when it comes to building your brand, you're building a garden. You're not, you're not building a shooting range. Um, and that takes patience and time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we often want, I guess it kind of related to that too, is their mindset about, about revenue. And there's, there's two reasons to brand ultimately. One is to grow. Mm-hmm. I want to grow my business. I want to grow. I want to grow my influence. I want to grow my reach. And the other reason to brand that people have this mindset about is to not die. Um, and so they have this very short-term thinking about, about their brand because they must generate revenue. And we, we get that and we have strategies for that, but it's not a substitute for better planning and uh, a, a more long-term thinking about where you're going with your brand. Mm-hmm. And that ties in the whole consistency thing into that too. Huh? The more consistent you are with that, the, the better revenue you'll get in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what is next for both of you and Root and River in 2020? We are so excited to see this new era of humanistic marketing dawning sooner yeah. than we thought. So it's um, what we're really working on now is gathering our community a little bit closer to us, particularly people who find themselves as the leader of marketing for their organization. Sometimes that's the CEO. Sometimes it's a director of marketing or CMO. Um, Sometimes, you know, can be, you know, the solopreneur who's got a, a robust business, but they want to take that inward journey. And they also want to be good at the humanistic marketing part. So I want to gather those people in, give them some relief, give them some space to be human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have some things coming up. We have 
obviously we have webcasts that are already going on. We're going to be tailoring our message to those individuals and giving them opportunities to also enroll and, and receive specific content from us in, in that space and mindset. Uh, we continue to do brand labs, which are our two and a half hour workshops for people, uh, wherever you are and whatever role you're in. This teaches our methodology on mission, on message, on storytelling. And um, we're also writing another book right now. Oh, too. that's awesome. So we're a little busy. Yeah. <laughs> but that will come out in 2021. We have a we have a singular audience really archetype that we call the the, the defier and mm -hmm. one of our from just kind of giving a peek behind our strategy is we just want to be accessible to defiers regardless of where they're at so there's tons of free resources our webinars are free our e-newsletter which is awesome if I must say is free and then you got smaller priced items like our book um, and then you have our brand labs which are cheap the 150 bucks for a brand lab for two and a half hours of, you know, pretty That's intense. That's really good, yeah. And then we have our, our how to brand yourself even if you don't want to course. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, it's kind of, those are kind of those entry points. And then we always love to work with people one-to-one -one, um, or I guess technically two-to-one because it's always <laughs> us. We, Emily and I always coach together um, in, in this process. So it's, it's kind of an escalation based off of like, if like, we would say to your audience, if this resonates with you, if this feels like we're talking to you and like you specifically, just let's just have a conversation. You can check us out. We're, we're, uh, we're pretty accessible. Yeah. And at rootandriver.com, correct? Rootandriver.com. Yeah. And the same on socials and all that at Root and River. Cool. I'd, I will definitely include your links because I mean, we talk about mindset a lot on this podcast and just talking with you guys, I can see so many of my people connecting with your message because it's very, I feel like in tune to what I believe in and what I, you know, kind of suggest <laughs> in marketing. So I love it. Thank you guys so much for joining. We're going to include your links in the podcast show notes so they can connect with you and highly recommend their book. We love it. It's on our coffee table right now. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a lot of fun. Love the conversation. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for having us, Maria. Thanks, Maria. Okay, so before I let you go, Emily and Justin were so, so kind to give you guys 20% off of their How to Brand Yourself When You Don't Really Want To course. Use the code GOINWARD20 to get 20% off of this amazing course. I'm going to include the link and the code one more time in the podcast description, so be sure to check it out. If you've enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and leave us a review with your main takeaways from this episode. But thanks again for joining me today, and I will catch you next time on the Marketing Mindset Podcast.